Hello everyone, you're listening to Lion's Milk, a very, very special show you're hosting tonight on this um, very somehow cold Sunday, but uh, it was a very busy week trying to get this show together, because today we're having Molar special show, which is very difficult to do because it's over like 45 years that we're trying to cover tonight but the whole idea is that Molar came to New York just last Friday they were here having a performance and we managed to record their performance and also get an interview we'll be presenting that to you tonight and also all this repertoire chronologically we're going from 1968 till now hope it'll be fun for you but let me give you a little bit background 
for the band. Molar, as you might have uh, assumed, takes their name from the Mongols, like the Empire. And um, the way they kind of get together in 1967 or something, there were two bands. One's, one is called Silhouetler and the other one was Selçuk Alagos, Alagos Orchestra. And the members from those bands thought they should um, get together to create different music. And they did indeed. Members being Aziz Ahmet on the vocals, Murat Ses on the keyboard, Jayet Berkay, all the sort of vocal guitars, Engin Yörükoğlu on the drums, and Hasan Sel on the bass guitar. And their whole idea was to create this sort of new sound, inspired by the sort of folk music, but also very much, of course, rock sort of vibe to it. And their first 7-inch, or no, 10-inch, of course, Eastern Love and Lazy John. That's what we started with today. And as you're hearing, their songs are in English, most of all, when they start out. But they'll go more Turkish with the lyrics. Right now, it's Artık Çok Geç, hard work on the background. And before that, we heard the song Lazy John, that Jayet Berkay will describe us as like the most psychedelic song they did so far, probably. And Eastern Love, the song we opened with. So yeah, but as I said in uh, 15 minutes or so, we're gonna broadcast the interview I did with Mr. Jait Berkay, the founder of the band, and as, as I said, who plays the guitar and the other folk guitar string instruments. Thank you, Duru, for helping me out with the vocals and dubbing. She dubbed Mr. Jayat Berkay. I dubbed myself. So hopefully the translation worked for you guys. Right now on the background, Ulgaz, the song that kind of kicked off the band's reputation, earned prices and so long. Let's listen to this. We'll be- get back soon. You're listening to Lion's Milk, your host, Sarjan Sezgin. Sen yüce bir dağısın 
her birine numki yerinden Birçok seneler geçti dönen yok seferinden Artık emir almak günü gelmişse Zamandan Meçhule giden Bir gemi kalkar Bu limandan Hiç yolcusu yokmuş Gibi alır Sessizce yol Sallanmaz o kalkışta Dementi Ne de bir As you're probably realizing, very in- inter- interesting tunes and instruments that comes together in a rock band, the sort of psychedelic elements, violins, cello, all of that. But right now, the track that kind of stayed for a long time on like top of the lists and they joked at the performance they gave like it was the first time and the last time their track was the most listened and this is it Dave Çocuk Bırakın beni 
This song was um, issued in 1970 and it was issued right after they Moğollar did the Anatolia tour and kind of brought together all these focal instruments together and um, this is also at the time where the vocal singer Aziz Ahmet left the band at the sort of kind of top of their game and he left and at this time Moğollar like in one year they go to France and they record their album there but just before this this song I just love it so much Haliç'te Güneş'in Batışı and uh, they do it with Ersan who's another part of the band and they work with him for a while and they do this song and another one Tarnek which you'll hear soon
Her sabah bülbül öter Kalbimi deler geçer Garibim ben neyleyim Gözyaşımı dökerim Ben bir garip çobanım Dağ bayır gezerim Nazlı yarim ardından Gözyaşımı dökerim Yes, we're back with Lion's Milk. You're listening to WNYU.org. We're hosting this special Molar show tonight. And we are indeed very excited. We're going to be presenting you the interview very soon, just in three minutes, that I had with Mr. Jayet Berkay on Tompkins Square Park in the heart of East Village right next to Drum Club, where they had their performance last Friday. And we talked, I think, for like 30 minutes or something. And um, we dubbed the interview for you. 
I hope the translation works. And coming to the end, we'll present you uh, the performance, the recording we had from their performance that Friday. A couple of songs from there. And yeah, we're running all the repertoire tonight. Starting from 1968, Eastern Love, 10-inch release. And since the song Behind the Dark that you're hearing right now, it's all 10-inch releases. And after this, after this song, they'll be going to France to record their first LP there and be very, very successful indeed, where they will uh, sort of earn this very important prize that, that is called Grand Prix de Disque, which is given by Charles Cross Academy in Paris. So it's a huge deal because this prize was given to Pink Floyd the year after and the year before it was given to Jimi Hendrix. So you can guess that it's pretty important. But also, as I said before, Molar, you know, a very hardcore rock band, which is very interesting because it has these psychedelic touches with the folk instruments, Balama, Zurna, Yayla, Tambur, Tulum, all of that. I hope it is sort of interesting to you. If you're not Turkish, it is probably. But yes, you'll hear that album, which is uh, which is called Anadolu Pop. The release title was that in Turkey, but which was uh, in France it was called Dans et Rhythm de la Turquie, Diar d'aujourd'hui, which is like Dances of Rhythms of Turkey from yesterday until today. They had a deal with CBS, and at this point, Aziz Ahmed is not with the band. So I think it's uh, the usual lineup without him. And yeah. They'll continue in France for a while, but after in 76. They will disband until 94. Well, we'll touch all about that. Right now, you'll hear the interview and hope it sounds interesting as well. All right then, let me start a bit personal. I had already started to DJ mixes online like three years ago or something. And I started to listen your music for the first time from the 70s. And even maybe you know Mixcloud, a website where amateur DJs are sharing their mixes. I put my mix there too and I called it Peribacaları, which is one of your songs. I also put another song from Alpay, Dağlar Engel Oldu. And since I did that mix, I started to get very interested and involved with the 70s in terms of psychedelic music. But mostly I like groovy songs, since I also play the drums. For this reason, in a way, you made me start listening to music. O yüzden yani bir anlamda müziğe siz aynı zamanda beni başlattınız. Thanks a lot. That makes me happy. Teşekkür ederim. 
So yes, I'm very grateful, but at the same time I'm curious, what I call psychedelic or Anadolu pop, in a way, how would you categorize um, your music? There seems to be a confusion with terms. Confusion between what your generation understands when we say psychedelic and what our generation understands from psychedelic. So there are chords that go well with each other with sophisticated colors. These can be mostly French songs or Chris Richard Shadows or songs of Elvis Presley. So songs that has beginning, middle and endings. With chords that are pretty set, in a certain harmony it flows nicely. Now, in psychedelic songs, this does not exist. This is what we know, our generation of the 70s. Chords that open up a little bit, that reminds more of jazz. But even there, songs that do not comply with jazz. Guitar, bass guitar, keyboards, which sort of irritates the audience. In the background, questions like, this musician is trying to tell us a figure. What is he exactly trying to do? So much more abstract spiritual complexities. So not something like spiritual satisfaction, something more. Not hatred, but... Anger. Yes, more angry. Someone who opposes... For this reason, at that time, not many musicians had a tendency to move in that direction. Or just minorities like this music. So, from my understanding, psychedelic has more electronic nature to it. More unstable, inconsistent. And since the conditions were not the same back then, depending on how many people they were, they tried to create this common spiritual state of which they were pretty much aware, but yet from the outside waiting to be deciphered. So there can be many other ways to explain it. Do you find it unjust at least small are being categorized as? No, no, not at all. Because, for example, we have a song called Lazy John, the drums, we put inside a tin box, these broken glass, and we added these noises in between the song. So when we say psychedelic today, do you remember the mixer with light bulbs? So the analog sound we get from that might be... Even they know of Selda Bajan as part of the psychedelic sound. This surprises me a lot. Selda Bajan really though when it comes to psychedelic. No, but really the lyrics too. Typical Turkish folk song lyrics. I don't know. Love and all sorts. For example, the song in Cengebir Karyar. Yeah. So I still don't understand it. Yeah, yes, because outside of Turkey, many labels reissue stuff of uh, the sort of 
For example, there was a band called Colesium. They were the fa- father of psychedelic. Their album, In the Wake of Poseidon, they are the gods of psychedelic. That is very true because I'm also confused. In foreign countries, they reissue a lot of stuff. Your Anadolu pop album as well. Cem Karaca's Tatlı Dilim, your song Kaliç'te Gün Batışı. Definitely they all remind There is something else. Sorry I interrupted, but when it comes to Moğollar, we used to do a lot of, we start with an A melody. It has sort of this intro. Later the song begins. It has B and C melodies. Whatever. Later on we would leave a song passage to do improvisation, not solos. We would not practice these. We would try it on stage and let it flow, and every time we got bored, we would change it. What is funny, we would challenge each other. For example, I would change the rhythm there. But it would always work out. We were together. I would look into his eye at our old drummer Engins, rest in peace. But we could do that, but now there are recordings, generally not big bands, more pop music. The musicians never even see each other. Yes, they even start to record each instrument individually and mix later on. Well, yeah, for me, music should be together. No computer in between. I'm not really against computers. Uh, it gives you an amazing recording option. Now, the digital got so good that analog song can almost be imitated. Yes, I understand. Um, I asked because you are aware of the attention, I guess. What do you also think about a DJ called, for example, Khan Duzarat, took your song Çırık and reworked it to, do, to be a disco song, rather? How do you feel about that? Well, yeah, about that. I'm more conservative about these issues. I feel as if there's a bit of stealing of our work. In the end, a DJ simply plays records. If you're a musician, come get your guitar, keyboard, write your music... I don't know really, that's something else. That's why I say that I'm a bit conservative when it comes to this. <laughs> now in a way, for that specific um, edit work, he does not sell it, he just plays it in many places. He might as well is doing this just to put your name out there. Of course. I don't think he has bad intentions. What I really hate are clubs. Dang, dang music. I don't like that. Why would I? Like, it's not my style, man. Bring me some Deep Purple, Toto, Joe Satriani and I'll listen. I just got stuck around this era. Alright, when it comes to your film compositions, I'm very curious to know how you work. Can you talk about a bit of, for example, how Salvi Boylum Aliasmalum or any other? How is your relationship with the director? Can you talk a bit of, of your um, methods, please? 
It really works both ways. Some directors would just leave it up to me. Some wanted to do it together. But in any case, not like today, the digital world, we would make a copy of the project and do the editing on it. And because of time constraints, we would watch the film in a very small monitor. I would have read the script in any ways, but still, while the film is flowing, the assistants would whisper to me the dialogues. Because, like today, there was not no time code with a time stopper in your hand. We would mark the frame where the music will begin and where the music will end. Everything literally manually with a special pen. So I would take my notes on it, study it. After that, I would go prepare the music. In any case, for Yeshicham, I was fast. I would write the necessary themes. And my friend Urdigman would write down the notes and handle all the logistics. Then, after we would do rehearsals and record, but still we were unable to use metronome and be in accordance with the film so we would make up funny methods for example if the music was going to fall short before the end of the scene we would force it to go faster um, so there were metronome problems or we would stop disturbingly to catch the scene from finishing but really when we went to France together with Molar we did a reco- recording there and we could record in 24 channels and two tapes whereas in Turkey the conditions were very primitive recording into one channel or something because of customs cameras in the US or Europe were being shown in museums while we were still using them in Turkey are you still composing a film then right now? just finished a feature what's the name? when I go back I will do one more this time a comedy film called Surginenek they even put me in the movie also, it's the 50th year of the International Antalya Golden Orange Film Festival. I compose a song for them. Once we get back, we're going to finish what's left of it and we'll give a concert in Antalya on October the 5th. And last, we'll do a concert with a symphony of 50 people about well, my film you're, music. You're quite busy. Yeah, now a lot. All right, when Molar separated for a while... Yes, from 1976 to 94. So yes, more, more than a while. So that, what was the drive that made you come back together? Or did it take a long time to decide? So I returned from France at 1982 and Engin did at 86. But did you continue with Moller in France? Yes, but we stopped in 1976. I went to do my army service for four months and came back after that we were separated 
We did indeed form one more band, but nobody knew them. We had not done anything that brought attention. So Engin opened a club in there called Jazz Stop. I don't know, we didn't have the impulse. I was doing a lot of television music. The number of the TV shows I did reached 86 now, calculated with 13 episodes, and some some lasted for one and a half years. There's this Khan Adam who is a caricaturist in the magazine Lemon. He started a campaign. We didn't know. They got 5,000 signatures so that Molar comes back together. When was this? 1993, let's say autumn. After that, we found Serhat, who was already playing in Enging's club. We took him to the Keys. There was also this young man, I won't tell his name. He became the soloist. He was also a great guitarist. Because nobody sang among us. We sang, but only for demo purposes, you know. I think your voice is pretty good. But that kid became a bit arrogant, so we sent him away. And one day we were rehearsing. There was this clip of Sardor touch with Olive's belly or something. Quite entertaining. Wow, look at the rat. <laughs> He's uh, quite comfortable there. Anyways, we said it can't be worse than this. Pop music grew so rapidly with televisions increasing. There was a lot of demand for music. And all of a sudden, many talented people are not part of the music world. Yeah, Jait, why don't we make our own songs? It also sounded reasonable to me. So in our album, Mall Line 94, I wrote my own songs. Tanai did his. Since then, we're doing it. But we waited for Emra, our lead singer now. Emra grew up, so since six years he has been with us. Emra is genuinely a singer. I'm not. Yes, um, his voice is pretty good. So uh, can we say his 40 years has passed, or so even more? I wonder about the perception of Turkey in terms of your songs. Because your songs appear to have themes of freedom, nature, passion for Anatolia, and much more themes that others would even call political themes. So in terms of perception, what would you say the difference between now and the 70s, or even were any of your songs censored? I also don't know that. Yes, definitely. During the late 60s and 70s, censorship was quite important. Our songs would not pass the censorship. So would you say already you would guess this would happen? I will tell you something funny. When we were in France, we did this album called Dances and Rhythms of Anatolia from yesterday until today. We earned Grand Prix du Disque, which Jimi Hendrix earned a year before and Pink Floyd a year later. There's a track there. I bought this instrument called Kabal Kemane from the Grand Bazaar. And it was terrible, you could not tune it, the handle would break off. So back then, it wasn't like, I'm censoring you because your lyrics are saying this. They would just find just justifications, such as rhythms do not match. There is a problem with this, so just simple excuses. So once the album earned this important price, the ho- whole album passed censorship. Really? 
So I laughed a lot. Come on, that kabak kemane is totally out of tune. This is sort of bad manners. But we could not really do music after 76. We tried to get Barış Manço or Cem Karaca to come to France. Never happened. And after 94, there was really a huge demand. But even after the coup d'etat in 1980, I knew young people in our generation grow up knowing the folk culture quite well. More, of course, in East Anatolia and in the Black Sea area. So, Türkü, our folk songs, should be the pop songs of Turkey. However, the television and channels which show the music clips always tend to manipulate the audience. So, everything became pop music. For example, not one of them would show our clips. These guys are grandparents, maybe two times, you know. It stays that way. Last, I did a song with Diapetek, and not just because I did it, but it really has an awesome music clip. With its content and music, very coherent. Even that played only one week, but on the internet it has more than one million viewers. Yes, um, would you say that there is a nostalgic feeling of looking into the past? Maybe because you're doing things now that you could not do before. No, I really don't like repetition. And because I don't like repetition, we said to ourselves when we got back together in 1994, if we are to represent our old songs and not do something new, there will be no more, no more attention given to us after two months. That's what happened to Uchur Al. Really? I did not know they came back together. Yes, same with Mavi Shiklar. You do the past, but you should do new things. In my musical thinking and my philosophy, I am doing the music in the times that I live in, my joy, sorrow and anger, but today, or it does not have a meaning. My effort is at least for the future generations, but they should also protect and claim their own culture. After that, they can do American, English, whatever. I'm not against any foreign culture. It's just that they should know their own culture first. Know Nazim Nikmet and his poems after Indian or Chinese. Then you become more respectable. Sorry, this is a subject I'm very sensitive with. So even my daughter, when she was about to go to New Zealand, I told her, hey, you would be embarrassed there. At least let me teach you some folk songs, because I've been through that, you know. They had asked me what kind of dances and songs we had. And once they ask, if you're like, mm, you'll be shameful. Or <laughs> she can just say, I can make you listen to our culture on YouTube. Even 15 years ago or something, go to a Turkish tavern. Not even two people could sing the same song. At least now, 20, 
30 people can, but before, no way, not even folk dances. Really, before? Yes, now. They know it a lot better, see, it's different. We came to this subtopic somehow. No, because I remember listening to your Fitash concert, and also while listening to your performance here, I compared in my mind, here somehow you had a more dynamic feeling. Maybe more improvisations or solos. So, how would you say you are different now? So, from, so from concert to concert, according to the listeners, we change what we are going to play. So, guys, we should be more chill here. For example, we played Alagaik and it had an intro. Normally, we go directly into the song. We do this because we know they will find it interesting here. See, that was psychedelic. I understand. You also have um, great projects. For example, Play for Nature. I love that clip. I really loved it. Sadly, Boydum Ali Asmodum, of course. Oh, it has three or four million viewers. Those were those three clips are mine actually. Okay, let's also make this difference clear. When you say the 1968 spirit, it's the spirit that stopped America's Vietnam War. It reminded us peace was not something that belonged to one country or one culture. It was something universal, the hippies philosophy and the movement. It understood the value of this. Of course in Turkey we got affected by this. I'm especially a part of that 68 generation. So when you say rock music, Rock has, in its essence, Hey dad, I won't be like you. I don't want to look like you. That's why my hair is long, like this. This is very simple and reduced. Of course, this is a lot more complicated. But in its essence, it has this opposite nature. No one can interfere with my life, for example. I won't be a banker like you are. I don't know. Maybe I want to be a garbage man. The father or the family puts a pressure. No, I want you to be a doctor. So this culture is against this. And for a country that comes out from the Second World War, young people, because of economical problems. And at the same time, pressure from the family. So rock music, it represents this. Don't make this pressure on me. It involves a rebellion then. Yes, a rebellion. Now, maybe I'm speaking wrong. This pressure is still present in the whole world. I think there is even more now. And yes, it's kept as a secret because the one who is doing it doesn't want to be known without being noticed. If you're not even a bit aware, you absorb this pressure. This is a sort of imperialism now, no? Yes, exactly. So when you look at people from our generation, they all have in common this revolt. So to give you an example, we would never have these kind of 
Hey, come my girlfriend. Let's do a Bosphorus tour lyrics. <laughs> I'm very glad you stressed this because for you, how is this rebellion represented in today's Turkey? There is almost none. They emptied it out. There are two bands, Morvetesi Duman, and bands that could not even expose their names, unfortunately. Because pop music is everywhere now. It's like a plague. For God's sake, your own folk songs cannot be represented at all. Maybe it can be because rock music is way now. Jazz cannot, classical music cannot, so it is terrible. If there's 10 music channels in Turkey and 50 radio channels now, the track they play is predetermined and obvious, man. Jesus, I'm very angry at this. Underline what I'm gonna say. How can a 40-year-old pop singer exist? Tarkan is still saying he's a pop singer. He's 50 years old, for God's sake. Same. Side that or touch. He's... He's like... A hundred years old, a bit vulgar, I'm I'm sorry. For me it's fine, but come on. Obviously, I'm uh, asking to Moller or to you. What is your revolt now? What are you against? I'm asking this politically, if you let me. Really, to be honest, they didn't leave anything to revolt against. There's, there's such a pressure, nothing can pass from the radios or anything. But the next album we're going to issue it over the internet and we're going to use it very much and there we will tell our opinions, emotions and attitudes and whatever we're against most truthfully. But for the Gezi protests, they ask me if I, do, if I will do a song. I'm planning to do a song inspired by the impressions that Gezi has left on me in the future. Because if I do a song now concerning the events from the past, they will say, oh, he's trying to use Gezi for his own benefits. We're looking forward to it. Yes, the interview has ended. This is Çırık, again from the 70s.
coming up four songs, all with different uh, vocals. Barış Manço, Cem Karaca, Selda Bağcan and Ersen. This is the point where Molder is working with different artists. And yeah, you'll see different styles, as always.
This is Lion's Milk on WNYU.org, the special Molar show you're tuning into right now for a hopefully good Sunday night. As I said, this is a period where Molar was kind of falling apart in terms of uh, trying to find something consistent. That's why they worked with many singers. The last song you heard before this was Ersan, Sor Kendine. They worked with Ersan before and did Haliç'te Bir Gün Batışı, Haliç'te, sorry, Haliç'te Güneş'in Batışı and also Ternek, this sort of Black Sea vibe song. And the prior song was with Selda Bajan, Nem Kaldı. I actually think they didn't record that together but they did uh, record two like a they released a 10 inch 
together Yalan Dünya and Kalenin Dibinde in 1972. And Ersan was also at the same year, 72. And before that, it was with Cem Karaca. And to tell you a bit about Cem Karaca, he's thought of as a sort of god and father also of rock music, but at the same time a huge like activist and also thought as a socialist. And with his uh, lyrics, he caused uh, many controversies, and I say this in quote marks, but he was a very influential man with his voice also. But um, before Cem Karaca, it was with Barış Manço, they paired up with. And uh, it, it seems that their pairing was so successful that they tried to call themselves Manço Mongol, since Barış Manço is his last name. I said that kind of combined together, but um, it didn't really go on for a long time. And uh, during the time of after it was sort of Jem Karaja was the last pairing, and between 1974 and 76, sort of uh, Jait Berkay and Engin Yorikolo on drums stayed together to release two more albums in France. One is called Ensemble de Cappadocia. The other is Hit It Sun. And it is a song, Kapalı Çarşı, from Hit It Sun you're hearing right now. Hit It Sun is also translated as Dümtek. I mean, the release title was Dümtek in Turkey. It is quite, I think, successful LP because it sort of brings together jazz elements, which I adore. But as uh, Jayat Barkay told us in the interview after he went to the army in 1976 and him coming back didn't really change anything that much so they disbanded in the year 1976. But yeah, that is why we're gonna sort of make this huge leap to 1994 the small are coming back together. Yeah, I like this part. All Turkish rhythms. So they came back together in 1994. Of course, Jayat Barkay, still a member, and also other members. Taner Öngür, Taner Öngür on the bass. And they issued Molar 94. And this is a song that is quite popular from that album, which kind of also caused a sort of controversy, since this song was featured in a Turkcell commercial. Turkcell is this GSM operator, like the most famous GSM operator. 
and with uh, Jait Berkay's sort of uh, personality and attitude and all the molar sort of atmosphere with like the sort of protesting and uh, protesting war and against sort of colonization more of the socialist part so it kind of caused on the social media him appearing and kind of changing the lyrics for Turkcell still the same sort of tunes though kind of brought some uh, traffic in the internet I might say but yeah and you'll see that Mola really kind of changes their style a lot of electronic touches but also keyboards and drums being very like sort of samples and being very very far away from psychedelic you'll see in the performance that there are more psychedelic elements but more the albums that appeared after that which is uh, as I said Molar 94 Four Colors Dirt Rank 30 Years of Molar they issued this in 1998 and at 2000s they did like all sort of covers to their own songs 1968 to 2000 and they also issued Umut Beklerken LP another one but I'll only play Molar 94, 4 colors and 30 year as I said this is Lion's Milk on WNY.org Please do contact us. The phone number that I forgot, but you can email me at sarjan.wny.org if you have any questions, criticisms, and all else.
So these tracks are from the 90s, the one you're hearing from behind is from 98 and the other one was from 96 from the album Dirt Rank. So as you might have assumed also these tracks are, I feel, more pop oriented, very keyboard driven, sort of a, in my opinion, rhythm rhythm it lacks a sort of rhythm and uh, the sort of chords that open up as uh, Jayet Berkay sort of tells us in the interview to describe how psychedelic music is this is sort of like one by one which kind of is a huge change for their style and yeah so I really love the 70s. But now coming up, their wonderful performance at Drum New York this past Friday. This song is called Toprakana. Thank you, Dennis, for passing this recording and all the managers at drum. 
So, yes, you're listening to Lion's Milk on WNYU.org. Ah, it was very fast how this show ends. It's kind of going to end. I spent a huge amount of time trying to put this show together, so I hope you enjoyed it. With selecting all, like, selecting from all this repertoire and also managing the interview and doing the dubbing. But I thank again Duru who helped me with the dubbing, also Mr. Sarkan who helped me get the interview, and also Mr. Jait Berkay for his time and patience. But since he said um, he doesn't kind of like reworks on the songs, I wanted to put one sort of edited version of a very good song. So it's gonna end a bit differently the show. But yes, as I said, I hope you enjoyed it. This is your host, Sarjan Sezgin. I wish you a wonderful Sunday. Goodbye. This is Chiruk from Kanduzerat, edited.
www.wnyufm New York. Across the expanse of your galaxy. <laughs> 